Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have to tell our listeners and viewers around the world, thank you for making the show so popular this year. We are still number six ranked on Feedspot's top 70 technology podcast to listen to in 2023. And we're hoping we'll stay on that list somewhere in the top 10 in 2024. Now, this is a very special show for reasons I'll tell you in a second. But starting next week, December 6th is the beginning of my ninth annual crystal ball prediction special. I will be giving you predictions, four minutes of predictions from eight or nine, mostly nine futurists each week, two weeks in December and four weeks in January. Very, very excited. So you'll be hearing from 50 people. It's a potpourri. They're not on any particular topic, but they're all going to say something about AI, artificial intelligence. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. So let's go. Today, we only have three. We have three major thinkers on the future of AI in a very specific way. So let me read my poem, as most of you who watch and listen know. And shout out to everybody. Wave hello to LinkedIn, or we're officially there now. Jed and Brian and Dan. Come on, Dan, give us a wave there and wave hello to Facebook. <laughs> and virtually we're waving hello to the Voice America Business Channel and hello to our engineer, Andrew. There we go. So uh, we're talking about big ideas today. And the big idea for this big idea came from my guest who's been on before, Brian. He's He left his W middle initial on the side today, Brian Matamor. <laughs> it's a new branding for him. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So I take my intro, a little bit of an abstract, and I take the bios from my guests and I feed it into my good friends at ChatGPT. I don't know what the persona is exactly, but I like it a lot. Don't be scared. And then I edit the poem so that it sounds like it could have come from me. There you go. So here we go. When I call your name and do your little bio guest, just wave hello. So in the digital space where algorithms weave, Bonnie D seeks big ideas, exciting to achieve. AI prompts for innovations to chat GPT. She inquired, brainstorming new things. What might be inspired? Brian, I think you like that already. Chat GPT answered with nano speed and fanfare. Bonnie D, let's get started. Fasten the seatbelt on your chair. Okay, I just did. Customized taste, a class of cookies, new fav flavor delight. Brian knows that. Crayon colors, newly vivid, a visual flight. New style bicycles, rolling, innovations, wheel. AI prompts do spark great ideas appeal. New house build blueprints for an older family's embrace. Tomato variety, garden flourishing, yummy flavors to taste. PC monitor shapes evolving, a visual feat. AI prompts crafting, big ideas become a treat. Bonnie D's technology revolution, the future of now sets the stage. Here we go, guys. For futurists, Brian Matamore, wave hello. Dan Geller, wave hello. And Jed Taylor, wave hello, to share predictions that enthrall and engage. Here we go. In Stanford's Innovation Hub, Brian Matamore takes the lead. Chief idea guy, fulfilling every need. Caltech Instructor Conference Board's guide, author of 21 Days to a Big Idea, and Idea Stormers, now books, quirks, and quotes are Brian's pride. 
How did it do, Brian? Pretty cool. Well, geez, it 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 did better than I would have done, frankly. There you go. You have a new bio now. Next, creative director Dan Geller's stride for 25 years innovations as his tide. High-tech brands and household names, messaging and experiences, his creativity flames. BOA and Khan Academy financial literacy surge. Generative AI focus, Dan's goals and ideas emerge. What'd you think, Dan? Pretty awesome. I don't know. I think that also I'm probably out of work pretty soon with it. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We got one more to go. Seasoned tech executive Jed Taylor, a strategic guide in financial services, deep expertise resides. Over four businesses launched a pivotal role. Owner of Explore Strategic Consulting Soul, merging SaaS companies, a platform grand AI tools for banking in Jed's skilled hand. Jed, what'd you think? Wow, I love it. Okay, good. I worked on these this morning, I'll tell you. Let me finish up now. Magic may happen on the future of AI prompts for big ideas, part three, at Bonnie D's Roundtable. Tune in and see. Thumbs up, guys. What'd you think? Pretty cool? Amazing. Amazing, Amazing frankly. These are getting better and better. I just feed it a little bit about my idea for the show. My, I call my abstract. And then this morning I said, you know, I have to have a poem for each of these gentlemen. So I took your bio, the whole bio that you sent me, and I fed it in. Then I said, give me eight lines. Eh, give me six lines. Give me four. And then I edited and started working on the rhymes. And I thought these were really good. Jed, you're the newcomer. What do you think? I think it's it's a fun application and uh, it's very well done. Congrats, ChatGPT and Bonnie D. Thank you very much. And I want you to know, I want everybody to know, these are not straight AI poems. I work on these. I work on them. I, t I tweak them. And I'll just tell you that today is day 29 of the PAD Poem a Day Challenge at Writer's Digest. And I'm a member of a cadre of poets around the world. It's just a loose membership. And we do a poem a day or two or three or four or five on Discus, D-I-S-Q.us. And so I'm in the poetry mode. I've been doing limericks recently, and they're thanking me for my wit and my humor. So there we go. Okay, now let's go on with the show. It's time for the real bios. I hope I didn't steal your thunder, Brian, and say everything there is to say about you. But Brian, I tell you what, I did the math. I have a special calculator. Calculator for Brian, for Dan. Jed, don't have the calculator for you. I'll tell you why. The calculator, Brian, is that you've been on at least two shows with me, maybe three this year. And the calculator says there are 14.972 people in the world who don't remember you. <laughs> I'm just absolutely well, so sorry. So why don't you talk to those 14 point whatever and take two and a half, three minutes, Brian, what have you been up to? Go ahead and welcome back. Well, you know, I can't resist, but I also, you know, if you ever in the future want to do really short uh, things for your intros, you could do a haiku or a limerick. So you might try that, uh, especially for your futurists. And I've done that, and they're amazing. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, the, you know, AI is not so good on jokes, but uh, but that's a different discussion. So here we go. Uh, well, I you know I run a twenty three year old innovation agency. It's called Growth Engine. We do classic innovation agency stuff, new products and and those kind of things. But we also do um, you know strategy and cost cutting and et cetera. And and what's been fascinating in the last year, we've combined all the ideation processes we use for our clients with AI. And a key part of the work that we do is using stimuli to trigger new ideas. It's not brainstorming, it's using stimuli to trigger new connections. And so AI is perfect for that. So really we're looking at 
you know, sort of a, as, as a Harvard Business School study said, we're, we want to be centaurs, not cyborgs. In other words, we want to be half, you know, half horse, half human. It's the combination of the two of us that we're exploring in our um, ideation and creativity workshops for Caltech and TCU and, and uh, all our clients, uh, both in terms of training, but also in terms of, of idea generation. And, and, you know, you can see behind me, I've got a whole bunch of books there. I'm just finishing the seventh book now with a, a guy, a McKinsey consultant from, uh, from Denmark. It's called Islands of Invention, How to Create Extraordinary Innovation Centers. That'll be coming out in a few weeks. But the, the two AI-assisted books are Quotes and Quirks, and I'll probably be referencing those as as we go through today. So how's that, Bonnie? Did I hit the two and a half minute mark here? I'm not even timing you. I just like hearing you talk. Okay. And Brian <laughs> got a new microphone in honor of today's show. How yes. about that? Yes, you want to tell us? Well, we won't do, we won't do advertisements here, but thank you, Brian. You're sounding really Well, it was good. courtesy of input from Caltech about yeah. what they thought would be the best microphone. So there you go. Why not? Why why not ask Caltech about for a yes. recommendation? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I know we all want to do that. Thank you. Dan Geller is back, our renegade guy. Dan, so happy to see you. And you've got a new mic today. Wow, or an old mic that wasn't with us before. So, Dan, I'm putting you on speaker view. Uh, Dan, you know, I think it's the same 14.9275, but we're adding 0.0034 to the end of the people who don't remember you. That means you're just one person behind Brian. So why don't you talk to those people, whoever the fractions are, I've lost count, and tell us what have you been up to. Dan, welcome back. Well, thanks, Bonnie. So uh, I, I don't know if the problem is that I'm not getting their attention or if my message isn't that good, um, but um, a little bit like Brian. So I've been in the business of messaging and marketing and building out creative for probably about 30 years. Um, we do a lot of innovation work. We do tech, a lot of stuff for SaaS and tech firms. But in my title, it says creative director. And what does that mean? That means that I generally sit with a room with a lot of like very talented writers and artists and we come up with ideas. I have moved very much into AI in the past year. And the reason for that is because AI is a great creative partner and a great kind of co-thinker. And so the work that I'm doing now, uh, I mean, I've done a lot, is that I actually work with organizations, a lot of the same organizations that I was working with before to do brand messaging and strategy and positioning. But now I'm kind of cracking that open more to figure out how I can streamline their business and bring some of the creative thinking into their processes. And so that might be about creating content faster and better, or that might be about actually just finding a way to get them more leverage, more revenue, finding new ways. And so tools like OpenAI, ChatGPT are really great when you put a lot of strategy and thinking into it mm -hmm. and pair it with technologies in the back end. And so you can do amazing things with it. So it's been great. It's been really exciting and really creative. I like, Dan, the way you said creative partner and co-thinker. I hadn't mm -hmm. thought of that. We're all nodding. Very well put. Partner, meaning you're doing it together, and co collaborating, coordinating, co-everything. Very well put, Dan. Thank you. And we like your new microphone a lot. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. Jed doesn't know the backstory. Jed Taylor is brand new to technology revolution. He's taking a chance. I told him we would treat him well. You come to us through Tim Pranger, who couldn't be with us. He was on part two of the show. And Tim comes to us through his dad, Gene Pranger, who I met through, I think, the Publicity Summit, who was on a couple of my shows. So, Jed Taylor, we are delighted to have you. I'm going to put you on speaker view. 
you get to talk to the whole world because nobody knows you from the show because this is your debut. So, Jed, tell us, who are you and what's your passion for AI and big ideas? Welcome, Jed. Thank you. First of all, I appreciate the intro the introduction from ChatGPT. It actually did a very good job. And of course, yourself with the edits with the co-author on that, right? Thank you. Um, my my background is I'm a I'm a builder. I'm a creator. I've always played a critical role in um, being a solution provider. So it's about taking technology and applying it to business problems to solve and create business solutions. In fact, Gene Pranger, who you referenced there, uh, I've started a few businesses with him. So uh, we're, we're very well acquainted and have a lot of respect for each other. One of the one of the solutions that I did is early on, uh, you know, 15 years ago, we took video streaming, which was a fairly new technology, video chat, and we took that application and put it into banking to be used for video lending, video teller transactions, those types of things. And so taking a new technology and solving a business problem. Well, I think we're now at a point where AI is a really cool new application. And so what I'm involved in is trying to find ways that we can apply that to solve business problems. And I recently um, just wrapped up uh, an M&A. I sold, sold one of the businesses that I was the CEO of. And uh, as a part of that, we we're bringing my solution and other solutions together using AI and applying AI to help with some banking, contact center, and other types of applications. And so uh, I really love that part of it. And that's where AI is interesting to me. It's, it's not just AI for the sake of AI. It's for what are the applications we can use? What can we do to solve? What problems can we solve? So that's my passion for it and uh, really excited to be here today. Thank you so much. What an interesting background. Yes, Gene Pranger is, was a uh, pioneer in, in video banking, wasn't he? Isn't that's he? right. Yes, yep. and that I remember when I met him. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Jed. We're so happy to have you here. Jed took a chance. He said, I don't know this person. What the heck <laughs> is she going to do? And here you are. I hope you're already having a good time. Good company today. So let's move on. I've asked my three guests to please send me a fictional quote from a movie or TV character or a song lyric that doesn't mention AI, but what does really? I don't know, maybe some very, very current songs. And they're going to relate the quote to our topic today, which is AI prompts and your next big idea. So Brian Mattimore, Brian, I have W in all my notes. I'm just going to have to call <laughs> you Brian. I'm sorry. I just can't. I don't know. It's in my head. So Brian has sent a quote from the movie, The Crimson Pirate. I don't know if anybody here was born then. It's a British American international co, there's the co word, Dan, co-production with Warner Brothers, a tech Technicolor tongue-in-cheek comedy adventure film. Wow, that's a lot of genres. The character, you'll know the actor character, is Pirate Captain Valo, or Valo, played by Burt Lancaster. Oh, you are taking us back in movie lore, Brian. <laughs> and I have the scene. Chained in a robot, rowboat, robot, ha, huh, hello. Chained in a rowboat about to die, drifting out to the ocean with a morning tide. Professor Prudence, played by an actor named James Hader, says, capsizing is the solution to our problem. And the quote Brian picked is Pirate Captain Velo. Sit down, you fool. And Professor Prudence answers, in science, one knows nothing until one experiments. This is just loaded with keywords, Brian. So sit down, you fool. Go ahead. Well, what are we doing here? 
Well, I picked that because as a youngster, this was one of my favorite movies. It was all about invention and creativity, just like Swiss Family Robinson. And so they've been they've been pushed out to sea, and uh, they realized that if uh, they capsized the boat, they could walk back to shore and and save their lives. But the key here is, like AI, you know, we're at a sea change, right? If we're going to extend the metaphor, and we need to capsize our boat, our conventional thinking about how to use this thing. And and the key to it then is in the quote, one knows nothing until one experiments. So I thought this captured perfectly um, this, you know, the centaur, this co-relationship we've talked about with AI and, and the willing to experiment. That's the key, the, the willingness to experiment with it. Thank you very much. Interesting experiment. I like the word exciting also. I like the X words excitement. And I'm always looking for that when we're talking about topics like AI, because the underscore of what we're talking about with Jed and with Dan and with Brian, to me, is the excitement of the newness, of the surprise, of the experiments we're doing with something called AI, right? We don't know exactly what we're going to put into it and we're going to get out of it, but it is an experiment. And to me, it's all very exciting. And I will tell the three of you, you know, and my listeners and my viewers, we don't talk doom and gloom on this show. This is not about all of the, oh, if you go over the guardrail and you don't do this. And you have plenty of radio shows, podcasts, TV shows, books being written, webinars being done about the dangers. It's going to take your job. It's going to ruin humanity. We're not talking. We're talking about the excitement and the possibilities of experimenting with this new technology. That's what we do here. And Bonnie, the excellence of the quality, if we're going to extend the EX thing, I mean, that's to me what's most amazing is that the quality is so extraordinary. Absolutely. And people say, have said to me, how long does it take you to get a poem back, a reverse back? And they'll say, does it take five minutes, 10 minutes? I say, I'm counting one, 1,000, two. It's there. It's under three seconds. I put in your bio, Jed, and it gave me back your poem in under three seconds. I was watching the screen, literally amazed. It was, it just, it's like, how how did it do that? I want to give it a name other than ChatGPT. Maybe we'll come up with names at the end. Let's go on to Dan Geller's quote. Dan has sent, oh, it's a lyric from a song by Meatloaf, 1993, the album Bad Out of Hell, the second to Back Into Hell. The song was written by Jim Steinman, recorded by American rock singer Meatloaf featuring Lorraine Crosby. Uh, actually, actually, the last six verses feature Crosby. They only credited her as Mrs. Loud. Did you know that, Dan? They I did not. They Wait. didn't give her name proper credit, Edward, so we're giving it to a Lorraine Crosby. She does not appear in the music video. Her vocals are lip-synced by somebody named Dana Patrick, and this was a power ballad. The single was certified platinum in the U.S. It's Meatloaf's first and only number one in top 10 singles on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the U.K., and I could go on and on. Here are the lyrics. As long as the wheels are turning, as long as the bays are burning, as long as your dreams are coming true, you'd better believe it. I would do anything for love. I know it's true and that's a fact. I would do anything for love and there'll never be no turning back. Oh, Dan, I'm getting chills here. <laughs> I didn't sing. I didn't sing. That would have been 
you know, we try not to. Go ahead, Dan, rescue me. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Okay, well, this is tough because um, I think I was inspired at the time when we were talking, when I was sharing some some prompts, which I'm sure we'll go through, which were creative. And I, uh, I, I'm I not exactly sure, but I, will, I want to tell you a fun story because it was in that creativity that I shared that. Brian may know this because he harks from the same place that I come from, Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, meatloaf used to live in my town. And when I was a kid, meat, Meatloaf, I don't know his full name, used to live down the block from me. And Meatloaf, I was a little bit older, sponsored a Little League team. And the Little League team was called the Meatloafs. And I kid you not. And these kids, these poor little nine-year-olds had to wear shirts that said, we're the Meatloafs. And so... Um, I thought that was kind of cool, but they also had really good parties. I think he bought a lot of pizza for them and stuff. So I think that, you know, how this plays back is that I, I, I you know, all pouring into the creativity of, uh, of AI and prompting is that, um, you know, Meatloaf was able to create a career despite the fact that his name was Meatloaf. And all of us can actually come up with amazing ideas because we have a tool like ChatGPT or Claude, Anthropic in our back pocket so we can we can really use the skills that we already have partnered with this this other huge brain as long as we guide it and it can give us some some amazing stuff so that's pretty much where i i i don't exactly know but that's that was the horrors of the story that was that i wanted to share that meatloaf little league story with you i love it and by the way his real name is marvin it was he passed last year marvin lee a day a day 1947 to 2022 you knew i would look it up dan come on you if i knew about lorraine crosby mrs loud you knew i was going to give you the real name of meatloaf so there you go love the story i had no idea thank you and let's move on to jed taylor jed has sent a quote from u.s marshal reuben jay Rooster Cogburn, played by the one and only John Wayne, the movie True Grit, where we're going back in time here, guys. 1969, I say, I think I have two dates here. 1969, 1975, American Western film, uh, blah, 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 starring John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn. She was Miss Eula Goodnight. Uh, written by Martha Heyer, who was credited. Interesting. Listen to this. Dan, this is for you. Martha Heyer was credited as Martin Julian in the credits for this movie. So much for Lorraine Crosby on the Meatloaf song. I don't know why. Uh, let's see. It was based on the character Rooster Cogburn from Charles Portis's 1968 Western novel, True Grit. And it's a sequel to the 1969. That's where I got. This was 75. Sequel film True Grit, also starring Wayne as Cogburn. The plot continues the adventures of Rooster Cogburn, an aging one-eyed lawman whose badge is suspended, oh no, by a judge. How dare he? Do, uh, that's me commenting, Jed. Uh, <laughs> due to his drunkenness, what? And questionable use of firearms. Tusk, tusk. He is offered a chance to redeem himself by bringing a bank robber, Hawk, and his gang of nine, count of nine outlaws who hijacked a U.S. Army cavalry wagon shipment that's a big load of highly explosive nitroglycerin. <gasps> Cogburn is aided by spinster Miss Eula Knight, good night, whose father was killed by the criminals. Oh no. So here, Jed, I'm getting to it. Here's the line Jed has picked Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Jed, talk to us. I love it. Go ahead. Well, I love uh, John Wayne. Uh, we we watched all of the John Wayne movies growing up. Uh, my brother was a big fan, and so we were, we watched them multiple times. But uh, the thing that I like about the John Wayne characters, actually, he played kind of the same 
variation of the, of the same character throughout most of his movies, but particularly Rooster Cogburn, he was a very determined and resilient uh, character, and he just continued to move forward uh, to accomplish a goal. And I think with AI, AI is a new application. And I think there's people that are are watching from the sidelines and watching what's what's going on. And it reminds me of a story I had actually quite recently, about uh, nine months ago, I was I went to go visit a bank and they had banks, bank executives all around the table. This was at one bank. They had all of their executives around the table. And we talked about a new application uh, that involved AI, how they could use AI. And the, the meeting just got louder and louder as people started throwing in new ideas. Well, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. And there was a lot of excitement about what could happen. But then we said, then we kind of changed the topic. Said, okay, great. These are all great ideas. Where do we start? And then the excuses started. And people started saying, well, I... I can't do it right now. I'm doing this conversion. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And uh, it was about trying to get started with this new technology. And so I think courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. It's it's particularly with new technologies. Who is it that's going to saddle up and be first and move forward? And so that's why I chose this this quote. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I'm intrigued about the two older movies that you picked, Jed, and you picked Brian. Very, very interesting. And Dan, Meatloaf's a classic in his own right. So we're we're good with that. Thank you, gentlemen. The quotes were, were wonderful. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I didn't get the full title of that movie. It was the True Grit sequel, and I don't know what went added on to that name, Jed. I'll have to look that up. So let's go on to our predictions roundtable. We've got plenty of time here. Brian, you sent me enough that was actually, it's like, Five books here. I don't know what this all is, but I'm going to go with your prediction number two, Brian. I put it in the chat. I put a lot in the chat for you. I'm going to read this, and then I'd like to do a screenshot of what you sent me, if that's okay with you, Brian. Sure. So yep. Brian's prediction number two is team ideation will be dramatically affected by the availability of AI prompts, which is our topic today, in two areas, the specific creative task and specific industry. And here's this example. Last month, Brian led a strategy session for the board of a well-funded company developing a new cancer drug about to enter human trials. Dan likes this. The idea ideation session prompts for the board. Now he used ideation session prompts from AI. That's what we're talking about. Included literally hundreds of thought starters and triggers specific to healthcare, such as potential partners, acquisition, joint venture targets, and potential funding sources. Another set of prompts included societal trends, political trends, economic trends, global trends, technology trends, even potential storm clouds or black swan events. Brian, you want to break this down, unpack it a little, and I will do some screen sharing here while you're talking. Go ahead, you start. Sure. Uh, the the key here is the, the basic of, basis of this is that, you know, brainstorming is got any ideas, got any more ideas. And it doesn't, it's been shown not to work particularly well. The key is to have stimuli to trigger the brain. And when AI first came out, everybody was saying, oh my God, am I out of a job as an ideation consultant and facilitator? 
And it turns out, no, that we want to link the ideation processes that we know. And there, there are dozens and dozens of different techniques we use. And they could be, you know, uh, semantic intuition or worst idea or wishing or, um, you know, on and on and on. There, there are all these different techniques we use. But if you couple those with um, a chat GPT or AI generated stimuli, all of a sudden you're going to go, you're going to get to many, many more ideas faster and, 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 and you'll get better and better quality ideas because you're, 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 it's almost like you're supercharging the uh, ideation event with these prompts because at the end of the day, Bonnie and the listeners, you know, creativity is really simple. It's this thing plus that thing equals a new thing. And so if we have the this thing as in terms of the prompts and we know what our strategic objective is, if we add that to the to the to the wishes and, and the other processes, all of a sudden we're going to come up with more ideas faster and, and, and frankly, better ideas, too. And if you want, I can I can talk uh, that, that there's now research that's validated this, but but we don't have to go into that if you don't want to. So, Brian, just I want to I want to move on and get one from Dan and one from Jed, and then we'll go back because you have some other ones about your being on this radio show today that I found interesting. But just tell us, what did ChatGPT say when you said, give me an example of a storm cloud, which are foreseeable risks and black swan, which are unpredictable risks? Did it respond right away when you input those keywords, those phrases? It, it did. And you can see in the, the posting there, I picked out three of these, but it generated, you know, I think probably I said, give me 20 and then give me 30, give me 40. And, and so there were, and this, and again, in seconds, Bonnie, right? As mm -hmm. we know, it comes up in seconds. And then what I did as the facilitator is I, curated these. I picked the top 10 most interesting and, and put those around the room as triggers for people, for instance. And I've only included a few here, but because I knew the guardrails and the strategic objectives, I could pick those intuitively, the prompts that I, you know, intuitively felt would, would, would give us the new ideas. So again, it's that combination of human intelligence and AI triggers. Thank you very much. I like the insertion of human intelligence. Dan or Jed, any comments you have for Mr. Matamore here before we move on? I've got to scroll through 15 pages of notes here to get to Dan's. But yeah, Dan or yeah. Jed, anything? go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I, I love what Brian's doing. And he and I have talked about this before. I mean, I think the advantage of, um, and I, I said this a second ago, kind of, I think the advantage of, of tools like ChatGPT is that they're able to get you to ideas faster. And, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak about whether they'll, you know, this idea of whether they'll take jobs away. I actually think that in some way people have to step into a role where they're using this tool and then they'll have a preservation of their jobs, but they have to have new skill sets. But what it does is when you have all these ideas that come out is that people like Brian and myself can then help lead companies and organizations and leaders and, 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 and coworkers to kind of get to a better idea. And we always, we still need humans to kind of understand what it is that is the better idea. And that's where, you know, we've all seen movies that, you know, everybody tells you, oh, go watch this Netflix. You could watch 100 Netflix flicks, except there's only two that are good. So we know when something's good. And so that's, you know, we still need to have that human kind of interaction with the ideas and see if it actually sticks. So I think it's exactly. great that we have this tool that does that. Exactly. Jed, any comments there? I, I'm going to use this. I've got a brainstorming session in January with a, an organization. And so I, I, I think this is great. I appreciate the, the learning and advice here. 
There we are. And by the way, yeah. this is and, all in the invitation. You can you can get the text. Go ahead, Brian, please. And and, and we call them, Jed, ideation sessions. Everybody calls them brainstorming sessions, but I, brainstorming is an actual technique. But ideation, the key difference between ideation and brainstorming is that you're using stimuli to trigger new ideas. And uh, if you want some techniques for your, your session, I'm, I'm happy to talk offline with you that. And, you. and my books have all these techniques as well. Well, and Brian, I want you to send me an ebook or two from some of your work. I would love to well, see the. Uh, will do. Idea would, Stormers would be the best one, probably, Bonnie. Good, good. Send it to me. Thank you very much. I want to move on. We're going to come back to more from Brian. Uh, Dan Geller, you sent a virtual psychologist scenario prompt. This is a riot. You say, for a small fee, your prediction, we will have prompts crafted by well respected professionals like Dr. Ruth Westheimer. That will, I hope that was okay. That will help address our unique, deeply personal need for coaching. And then you have a prediction too, was a virtual psychologist scenario prompt. Dan, start talking about it and I'm going to screen share because you have the context, the voice, the criteria, the instruction. I absolutely adore the way you lay this out. I don't mean adore, I, I admire and appreciate and respect the way you laid this out. So Dan, go ahead, start us off and then I'm gonna share it, go. Okay, so this stuff is happening right now. I, I'll talk a little bit when you put it on screen, I'll talk a little bit about how it's structured, but you have to understand that for people that are developing businesses right now, they're doing a lot of this like kind of structured prompts so they can get to really great content and really great solutions for businesses. This is, this is obviously the voice of a psychologist. And what they're doing is they're building, you know, agents. We're going to see a lot of agents that are going to come online. They're going to help us solve our problems. And they could be simple things like, you know, your, your, your sense of ego, or they can be about solving a business problem. So what you're seeing on screen is because I've done a lot of prompt writing and I, I do a lot of this for the, the companies that I work with is, is just correct prompt structuring. And so if you look at this, when you inform a prompt really well, it will actually give you better answers. It will actually act as a real, more so as a real person. And so I've actually, in a kind of a markup language, have given some information to, in this example, ChatGPT about what the problem is that we're facing, who I want this therapist to be, like what voice I want them to speak in. I think I said Dr. Ruth. What's the story? The story is the context about who's coming to them and what are some of the issues that he or she is facing. In this case, it's about this woman, Felicia, and I, what type of voice I want them to come back to me with. So that's that kind of markdown language about being Dr. Ruth. And then I've also given them some criteria. When you give all this information, and also you see instruction at the end, when you provide this kind of framework and you're creative about it and you test it, you will find that you actually can get something back that actually almost hits the mark, like let's say 96% of the time. And, and from there, you've got to test, test, test. But if we were building out an application or a, a tool for a, a company or something as serious as let's say giving advice, we would want to make sure that we offered as much information so that the result was really solid and the experience that people got back was really solid. Dan, what did you put in? Just you gave the, it, you wrote I, all these criteria. How much of this was you? I, I literally imagined, I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a while on all different. So when we when we spoke in prep for this, I just envisioned like, well, what would be a problem if, if let's say, and I've talked to some healthcare companies about like, let's say we wanted to do some consulting with digital agents, right? With And so people are going to come to us with real problems. We want the experience of, 
what they get back to be personalized. So that kind of shows up in the voice instruction you embody. And I was kind of being funny, you know, my, my, my brother used to live right near Dr. Westheimer. So, you know, I, he had met her a bunch of times. So I thought of that. And so I kind of informed the, the AI for those things, but I literally kind of dreamt this stuff up. And, and if you play it back, you will find if you actually run that and happy, you can share it with your, your audience. If they enter that into ChatGPT, they will get a very kind of lifelike response. Now, obviously it can get better, but that's a really good starter. Thank you very much. Anybody, what Brian or Jed, Jed, I'm getting yeah. ready to put one of your predictions in the chat. But in the meantime, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, you know, in, in our ingenious problem solving training workshop with all the techniques and AI stuff, um, I'll ask I'll ask the group, and I did this last week. I said, what's a better prompt for, for creativity? Mu the word music or the word reggae or rock and roll? And a lot of the people will say music. And that's not the better prompt. It's the specificity of rock and roll or reggae or whatever that has a much more associationally rich um, matrix in the brain. But it's also true of AI. The more specific you can get, it's counterintuitive, the better results you will get. And you have to continue prompting AI. I'm not happy with this. I'd like you to do this or do that or, you know, speak in the in, in the voice of Ruth Westheimer and Meatloaf at once, you know, and see what happens, you know. And so it's the specificity of the prompt that's counterintuitive that will get you the great results. Thank you very much. I did a little um, exercise with Jordan, who is one of the engineers I work with at Voice America. He had never used ChatGPT. So I said, listen, let's just do a Zoom, the two of us, and let's talk about it. And he said, let's, I said, come up with an idea. Let's come up with a move. All of a sudden, you're writing a screenplay for a movie, Jordan. What do you want? And he said, okay, let's do Willy Wonka, which happens to be a new movie coming out, Wonka with Timothy Chalet. It was wonderful hair. I tried to simulate today. Um, I slept on rollers for this. Timothy, how'd I do? Anyway, <laughs> uh, he said, Willy Wonka, Chocolate Factory, and Back to the Future. And within three seconds, Jordan and I counted one, two, three. It came back with a five-part outline for a movie where the secret to the chocolate in the factory was in a time capsule that was being held captive by a Miss, Miss Julia Beauregard who was caught in a time warp and she held the secret and Wonka and his friends had to get her out of the time warp. And Jordan is saying, what? And I'm saying, what? And Jordan had never done this before. That was the magic, was that he came up with two movies right off the top. Anyway, I, I thought it was, it was very, very special. Thank you very much. Jed, anything you want to say about that before we move on? Yeah, I think these types of applications, it's the empathy. And I think, Dan, you put in kind of the voice and all those different types of things. I mean, to a lot of detail about, you know, the, the, the therapist's past and all of that. And I, I wonder if that helps make it appear that there's more empathy coming from the the response uh, because i think that's one thing that the ai can't do but i wonder if with the proper prompt you get some semblance of empathy that's the goal jed i mean you're right it's not it doesn't know empathy right and so i really do feel like there needs to be a human in the middle for for all these applications and i was at a um, event at mit last night where they were one of the uh, there was an innovation group and uh somebody was uh show, sharing a platform that's helps teach kids math k through 12 helps teach kids math and it's like a digital agent like a digital teacher that kind of talks them through it 
and, and it was obviously fake, but they were trying, you could tell that they were doing some prompt structuring to try to get that digital agent, that, that digital, you know, animated character to kind of speak in a real way. And I think that that will get better. And then with a lot more training and kind of understanding how kids work, they'll be able to do more of that. But I, I do think that we need to kind of always kind of be the human in the loop and, and make sure that the tools that we're building and the solutions that we're helping create are really trying to, are really getting as close to 100% as we can. And I think that's about us being involved. Thank you. Good answer. Good question, Jed. I want to move on. We have a prediction from Jed. Jed didn't send us any prompts, but he sent four really good predictions. So I'm going to go to number one, Jed. Crafting the best AI prompts may be highly valued now, but the demand and need for that skill, uh uh-oh, everybody listen, the demand and need for that skill will fade in 18 months. And we're now in late November, November 29th, uh, 2023, will eventually disappear and be replaced by natural language conversations. Why is that, he asks? Heavy investments in AI will continue to include model training and refinements, but major investments will also include how users interact with the models. This interaction investment, everybody remember that, interaction investment will ultimately eliminate the need for any type of special skill or knowledge that we now call AI prompt engineering. Well, this isn't doom and gloom. This is just an intelligent way of looking at where this is going. So Jed, please unpack this for us. Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely do not see this as doom and gloom. I think this is a a really exciting future and it's already starting to happen. Um, But I think the challenge we have right now is is we are interacting with the models through chat or other types of interactions. We're basically testing. Uh, And I think uh, the investment that will go into the models will make them better, right? We're already seeing improvements in the models uh, and and also specific models being built that would be more uh, specific to industries. But it's that interaction. How do you use this how do you use these tools? How do you access the information and the power of that easily? And I think that's really where things get exciting. Uh, I think we're seeing that the little bit, I'm using an application called WriteSonic. It's uh, it's not putting a plug in here, but basically they're using uh, the OpenAI GPT 3.5 and 4.0 models. And you can choose which model you're using, but you go into it and it, and it, it takes you in where you can choose whether you're writing an article a paragraph, a LinkedIn post, a LinkedIn advertisement, a Facebook post, so all of these different things, you're selecting the template. And so all of these things that the AI prompt engineer needs to know when they're using and interacting directly with ChatGPT is being taken care of by this Sonic application by having the, 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 um, the proper information or the proper template in place. And it's amazing the results with very, very minimal prompt because you basically just say, I want a, a Facebook post with this information. And then it then it will ask you, do you want it funny, engaging, sarcastic, right? So it asks you kind of the tone and then it pops it out. So you don't have to think through or know, uh, you know, to even to provide that information. So Dan did an amazing job of, of providing voice and all those different things. If you don't know that, there's these applications that are starting to make it easier. So, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but uh, the chatbot's letting you know, or the application rather is letting you know, this is the, some of the information I need to craft the right response for you. So I think, I think investments in that area will happen much more and more and more. Perhaps uh, there'll still be a simple interface for chat GPT style chatting with the AI bot, but I think it will change more into uh, questions of what are you looking to do? Okay, 
do you want it uh, in this format? You know, what voice would you like? And so they will ask you rather than you having to tell it. Very interesting. Brian, any comments back to Jed or Dan? Either one? Uh, um, no, I want to I want to think about what he said. It's so in interesting because I I've been so focused on what are the prompts that are going to work, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I, I still think there's probably that sort of interaction of the two. But it's an intriguing thought that I know from a meta standpoint, I have put in things like I, I can't think of a good prompt now. Give me a good prompt. You know, or I can't think of a model that's going to work here. Give me a model that might work. Give me 20 models that might work. And those kind of prompts actually work as well, the meta prompts. Interesting. Dan, go ahead. I mean, Jed, I think it's, I think it's, but I do, I do see a lot of the future of what you're describing. And I think the systems are getting so strong. I, I would say, though, having seen some product that's been released, at least now, and we're not, we're not 16 months into the future. Um, I think that they can be made better. And I think that they, in order for them to always stay competitive, there's going to be two things that are going to have to work. And I'm sure you know about this. It's going to be the quality of the data. And it's also going to be the quality of how we shape that data. And that's mostly done through kind of like, you know, literally forming the prompts. I mean, it may be a different type of prompt engineering, but like, for example, right Sonic, I've used tools like that. I recommend tools like that um, for some of the clients that I work with. It can only do so much. And if, so if you want to get it to a higher level and very specific, to use Brian's words, specificity, then you're then it, it 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 not only helps that there's a creative team member that's kind of looking at that, but it, it will continue to be better as long as you continue to feed it more quality data and more thoughtful kind of human shaping around what you would want it to do. And I don't. I I hope that we're at a place 16 months from now where that's still needed, right? Because I think that that's part of the soul of what we bring to the platforms. So, Dad, anything back to them before I move on? Yeah, I think good thoughts overall. I do think the the investment that we're seeing in AI, which is uh, growing, just like we've seen in previous uh, big waves of new platforms. I think the investment will apply a lot to the input, improving, simplifying, and perhaps taking some of the technical uh, uh, language out of those prompts so that it's much easier. But yeah, good good thoughts, both from Brian and Dan. And I'm going to add a couple comments here. I do a show, host a show on Monday nights called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. Brian, I think that's where I originally met you years ago uh, when I met you at the Publicity Summit. And uh, my guests and I come out, it's a round table like this, and we talk about creativity, not predictions, not technology. Just what are they doing? Are they artists? Are they architects? Are they doctors? Are they coaches? Are they travel retreat leaders? Are they designers? Are they jewelers? Whatever it is. And uh, once in a while, we come up with words to describe creativity. And I think these apply today. One that a guest came up with almost a year ago is courageous creativity. What do you think of that? Courageous. Another one is curious. You need curiosity. Isn't that what we're talking about? Aren't we all curious about what AI can do for us, for our businesses, for our clients, for our colleagues, for our lives? Right, Jed? Right, Dan? Right, right Brian? What We're curious. The excitement goes with curiosity. Without curiosity, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Somebody wouldn't have gotten to this place in 
culture, in civilization, in humanity, where we wouldn't have this. Somebody was curious, what could we do? So I just wanted to add that. Thank you very much, Ted. Great conversation starter. Brian, I'm going to your prediction number four. Everybody's going to love this, and I'm going to put it up on the screen in a moment. Brian says, narratives and storytelling in business will increase as executives learn to leverage the power of AI to create these stories. Specifically, there's that Brian Mattimore word, Brian W. Mattimore. Specificity, (laughs) specifically. Their prompts will include having AI leverage different storytelling structures on their behalf, as in Joseph Campbell's The Hero Journey, Save the Cat, Aristotle's three-act story structure. So here's an example. I'll give it to you, and then I'm going to put it on the screen. Here's an example, prompt number one. Listen to this. Brian, I added something, and you know what I added. I, Brian W. Mattimore, will be a panelist at the end of this month on Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, a long-running, global-reaching, weekly, futurist roundtable live radio show produced and hosted by Bonnie D. Graham. The topic is the future of AI prompts and big ideas. Tell me a story. Please write a dramatic story using Joseph Campbell's hero journey model about this live radio show. And the title is The Symphony of Tomorrow. Brian, you start talking and I'm going to put this up on the screen in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I, I this is a plug. I'm not involved, but the, you know, there was a wonderful book written several years ago. It's ten stories great leaders tell, and uh, is by a guy named Paul Smith. But the notion is that great leaders need different stories. You know, they need a vision story, they need a sales story, they need a, a quote recruiting story, right? They um, they need an innovation story, and it's not always easy to create these stories, right? And so now it is easy to create these stories. You can put in information that you might want to want to to talk about uh, because because the, the the research has shown that narratives are so critical for the success of of leaders, and that's what makes it memorable, right? And so now with with AI, it's it's so easy now to create these stories. And obviously, you have to put in the right prompts and you have to edit them correctly, et cetera, et cetera. But I I thought it would be fun to to uh to actually put that uh model against uh against what we're doing today by the way this this morning um i was talking with the global innovation institute where i'm on on the board of advisors there and we went back and forth and there was sort of a fun thing talking about for some reason zombies uh combining with with vampires and right so i said write a comedy about zombie vampires and it 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 was it was incredible what it came up with. You know, they had the zombie gardener, and they had uh, fighting with uh, holy water in in, um, in in balloons that explode, and garlic bread as as a, as part of the comedy, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, it, again, these are these are prompts to stimulate the imagination. As I, I will use the word Dan used right at the beginning to partner to great to greatness in terms of creativity. Brian, can you take us through a couple of these? What did you put in and what did it give you back on the Symphony of Tomorrow? I see Ordinary World, Call to Adventure, Refusal of the Call, Meeting the Mentor, Crossing the Threshold. I'm scrolling here. Test yes. Allies and Enemies. What what did you put in and what did it give you back? We're curious. So, Go ahead. So in that case, um, I just put in Use Joseph Campbell's The Hero Journey, which is uh, some of the listeners probably know that, um, you know, Spielberg and Lucas, et cetera, have used this for the Star Wars to to sort of build that that model of how, of how that would uh, proceed from a story standpoint. And so, um, you know, uh, this is the Joseph Campbell model about a hero's journey. 
journey, right? And so it's essentially use the hero's journey to create this story. Um, the other one that I am a big fan of is this, and you can see it here. You can see what it did, right? Um, and these, and by the way, I once wrote a, a, gave a speech about how you could use this hero's journey as the new product innovator because you have to be a hero. You need courage, as we talked about, right? It's risky. You can you can get killed <laughs> by senior management, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is the, the drama of, of creation, frankly. Um, and so this is a great model, as is Save the Cat is another great model. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and you can just say, as I said in these prompts, use the Save the Cat uh, model, story structure model to trigger fill in the blank, whatever you want. Appreciate that. Now, when, when I'm going to this uh, reward here, reward, this is uh, Roman numeral nine, reward seizing the sword. Brian's responses resonate with the audience, which we know they are. People from around the world express their appreciation for his insight, sparking a global conversation on the future of AI and storytelling. Brian realizes he has contributed to a pivotal moment in the discussion of technology and creativity. Did you write this or did the chatbot write this? No, the chatbot wrote, wrote the whole thing. I wish Phenomenal. I could say I wrote it, but no, the chatbot wrote the, this was, uh, you know, ChatGPT4 wrote, the, gave the whole structure the whole thing. and gave the answers. Yes. That's what I was hoping you would say. I love number seven here. Approach to the inmost cave the day of the radio show arrives. Brian feels a mix of excitement and nervousness as he takes his seat among the panelists. The live broadcast begins and the world tunes in. The ordeal during the show, Brian is faced with tough questions and challenging scenarios. He draws upon his preparation and experiences, articulating his thoughts on how AI can enhance storytelling while also highlighting the importance of preserving the human touch in creative processes. I love this. And last but not least, and we're going to, almost done out of time here, number uh, 12, return with the elixir. Ooh, Brian brings back his newfound knowledge and insights to his community. He shares his experience on the radio show, inspiring others to embrace the potential of AI in enhancing creative processes, the story of his journey serves as a beacon of inspiration, encouraging others to explore the uncharted territories of technology and creativity and to believe in the power of storytelling to shape the future. Wow, wow, wow. Jed, what do you think of this? <laughs> it's amazing. I, it's, I love where it just gives ideas, but it gives a, a big, uh, you know, a, basically a lot of information about that idea, right? And I, what I, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, some of the most powerful stories I've heard are, are, are real stories. So I'd love to take this concept, maybe upload my journal and say, hey, give me a story from my life that actually applies to one of these models. I think that's where it could be quite interesting too, to even bring in that personal aspect too. Very, and the level of detail. How and and Bonnie, I just yeah. I need to say you could take take each one of those and say write a page on yeah. this particular you know the elixir or whatever write a whole page on that and it will do that as well. Mm -hmm. Amazing, and for me it would be the idea of the human intervention, the co-thinking, if you will, co-partner Dan of coming in and me editing it and saying this is how I really want it to sound. I want it to be mine as well. We have about a minute and a half left, so I want to say thank you, Jed. You're our newcomer. I hope you had a good experience with us today. What would you think? It was fun. Thank you very much. And I loved learning from Brian and Dan as well. So thank you for Isn't letting me be here with them. Cool. Isn't that cool? Dan, what would you think? Pretty good, I, huh? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Brian, that was so cool. Please share that prompt with me. I mean, I yep. it's all in the invitation. Dan, Dan, you have everything. Go to the calendar invitation. Everything is copied there. All the text. Excellent. Excellent. A lot, a lot of good stuff today. 
this is I, I've never done a show quite like this where we had screen shares of actual content that we were talking about. Very exciting. Brian, I hope this was good for you. Uh, it was amazing. And I think I think the big takeaway for the audience should be experiment. Come on, give it a shot and you'll yeah. be surprised that the more specific you get, the better the answers will be. You, Mr. Specificity, there we yeah, go. Yeah, sorry Brian for repeating that. No, no, we want it. All right, gentlemen, I want, Jed hasn't done this before, but Dan, Dan, we want you to wave your finger. No, 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 Brian. No, no, no. Jed, get ready. On the count of three, you're going to join me. Come on, Jed, let's get that finger up. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying no, no, no. People say the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> because that was yesterday's future. It was... The sentence I just said, I was thinking about it. I said it. It's in the past already. That's how fast it goes. We're all going to do our best to make it a more specific, more interesting, more exciting, more courageous, more curious-fueled, curiosity-fueled future. I want to tell everybody, remember, next week starts my special predictions annual predictions crystal ball and i know that jed will be there i think dan will be there next week i'm not sure brian which week you're on but you're all going to be part of that bonnie d signing off thank you to andrew our engineer everybody wave goodbye thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now mark your calendar to join host bonnie d graham every wednesday at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now